One more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Everybody said. Amen, amen. A few weeks ago, I was at, uh, I was at Gateway Tire. Again, uh, again, an oil change. And the reason I go there is, is just out of pure convenience because it's right across the road. And I remember back when I worked for the post office, if uh, there's a couple times where I actually had to leave the vehicle because they said it was going to be a long wait. And y'all know me, I, uh, I, I, I do okay waiting sometimes. I do okay waiting sometimes. I remember, um, oh, so the reason I would go to that particular shop versus going to Walmart is just because if I had to leave my vehicle, I could walk right back across the road and go home. <laughs> and then they call me, you know, whatever, and say, okay, it's ready, then I walk back. Or if, somebody, or if somebody just happened to be coming through for lunch, I'm like, hey, can I get a ride, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I took the van there to get an oil change and do a couple other things. It was a couple weeks ago. And if you've ever been in there, the way the lobby is sitting, when I, when I sat down in the lobby, one TV screen was over on my left side, the another one was on the right side, and one was playing CNN. And I'm not a big CNN person, I'm not a Fox, I try to avoid the news as much as I can, but sometimes you can't. And, uh, and this was a few weeks ago, so what was being blasted on the TV was the, the manhunt for the murder in Maine. I don't know if y'all have seen that but the, the, the guy that did the mass shooting and all that, it was, it was an ongoing manhunt and they were covering it live. And I mean, they were blah, 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 just, just blasting it. And the shop had it on loud. So I mean, there was, you could hear it outside in the parking lot. And where I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the middle because on my right side was another TV screen. And on that TV screen, it was the opposite. It was the Andy Griffith show, you know. You know, Andy Griffith show. And, uh, you know, when I watched, I'm just, I, I, I couldn't help but just think, wow, these are two vastly different things. You know, on one screen, I got the news and the propaganda and all, and, and it's the end of the world. And, you know, they're even in the middle of it, they would show uh, clips and scenes from the Israel and Hamas war and the Russian, uh, Russian and Syria war. I mean, just all just bah, bah, bah in your face. And on the other side, I got, you know, Andy Griffith, you know, I got Barney Fife, you know, you know, what's, what's their, what's their worst problem? You know, somebody, uh, somebody stole Aunt Mary's peanut butter jelly sandwich. We got to find out who stole it. You know, that's the, <laughs> but I couldn't watch either TV because none of them related to me. What was going on, all that, I didn't want all that darkness and hate and as much, and as much as we laugh at it, I can't relate to the Andy Griffith show. But where I was sitting at in the lobby, what I could relate to was in the middle. 
And what was in the middle was, if you've ever been in there, it's full of windows and doors, and just where I was sitting, I could see where we live. And I just, I took a deep breath, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, you've, you've placed me in this chair for a reason. I said, Holy Spirit, begin to speak and help me get out the way. See, I had one extreme over here, one extreme over here, but my life was in the middle. My home represented my life. See, a lot of times we live our lives in the in-betweens. It's in the in-betweens of time. It's in the in-betweens of moments. It's in the in-betweens of things. You know, when I'm at home, it's because I'm in between work and the grocery store. You know, I just got off work and now I'm home. I got to go to work the next day. I'm, I'm in the in-between when I'm at my house. Or if, I, if, I, if, I'm fixing a, if I'm leaving work and I got to stop by Montessori, I'll, I'll stop by the house in between both of those two things. If, you, you know, if you're getting off work and, and you, you got to stop by the house to get the grocery list before you go back to the grocery store, your home serves as the in-between. A lot of times we live our life in the in-betweens. And there's probably a better vernacular for it, but just that's, that's what I have for you this morning. This morning I want to talk to you about being homeward bound. Homeward bound. Somebody say homeward bound. Now, if you grew up in the 90s, that, that, was, a, that was a good series of movies. But this morning, I want to talk to you about being homeward bound. See, in, in the shop that I was at that day, the, the worldly narratives that were being placed on the TV, they were opposite. They were opposing each other. But my, my house, it represented my life. And the reason it represented my life is because from my house is where I do all things. From your home is where you do all things. From my house, I cry, I laugh, I watch TV, I eat, I get too full, I don't eat enough. I teach, I discipline, I get corrected, I, I, I relieve, I, I tense up, I worry, I, I debrief, or I declutter, or I clutter, or I cl everything a part of my life is done at home. Everything a part of your life is done in your house. Why? How, you, you live life at home. How do I know? Because when you're at work, you're counting down the, the hours and the minutes. I can't wait to get home. And what's the first thing you do when you get home? You kick off them shoes. Why? Because in your mind, you are at the place where you can be your authentic self. And if you're like me, you get the, you get the house shoes. You get the slippers. Why? Because, you know, house shoes are for a house, inside the house. Out shoes outside are for the outside house. But at home, when, you know, we, we, I remember when we lived on Old Airport Road, you know, Kelsey bought this, uh, I think it was either Kelsey or my mom, I can't remember, it might have been Kelsey. But Kelsey bought this little, you remember that little desk, not even a desk, but it had that one drawer. We said it, all right, I remember when we lived on Oak Airport Road, you walk in the apartment and we had that one little desk right there. And that's where you, should, you kick off, I always kicked off my shoes right there and threw my keys and wallet, everything. My phone stayed on, but God keep the phone. But everything else got on top of it or slammed in the drawer. That, that, was, the, that was the unloading spot. And we probably all have something like that. It may not be official. But in our hearts and minds, it's official. Or, or, or the place that we unload. Watch this. You don't unload at work. You don't, you, you don't, you don't take your wallet and keys and your purse you don't, and your jacket. You don't throw all that at one spot at work. You know, you keep it on you. Why? Because that, that's, this, this is just where I'm at, but where I live is somewhere else. My, my home, the place where I'm at, the, where I'm truly myself. 
And when I'm sitting in the shop, I'm looking at this and see that, but I'm like, Lord, that's right there. That's what's relatable to me. Why? Because every, I do everything from that place. From your house, you do everything from it. I want to pose a question to you this morning, the same question that Jesus asked me in Gateway Tire. He said, what, what if Jesus took the place of your home? Now, I'm not saying that you can't live at home. What I'm saying is the same way you view your house. What if we view Jesus like that? What if in him we became so uncomfortable that we let everything go? That we released every ounce of tension? We released every ounce of bitterness and anger. We released all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, all the, I don't know how this is going to happen. What if we unloaded all that in him? What if we viewed all of life as irrelevant, but Jesus as relevant? Because see, I sat in that shop. I didn't see what was going on on the news as relevant to me. And as much as I, you know, Andy Griffith is a great show, but it, 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 it didn't resonate with me. It doesn't resonate with my struggles. It doesn't resonate with my mindset. But what if we saw Jesus as the thing, as the person that resonates with us? What if we saw Jesus as, hey, hey, he gets me. You know, we all got that, you know, we all got that one friend or whatever. You get around them like, man, this, this is my boy or, or girls. This is my sister, you know, whatever it is. And you're like, they just get me. Sisters before missus, they just get me, oh. You know, when the, you know, got to hang out with the boys. These my, these my, I do, I do it with my, with Kellen, Keener, and Cole. Don't, don't judge me. But uh, one time we was praying last week before they went to bed. I said, all right, put it in. I said, dogs, put it in, put it in. They put a hand on it. I said, we'll pack on three, one, two, three, we'll pack. Ow. They just get me, you know. But what if we had that same mindset about Jesus where, man, the Lord, he just gets me. He just gets me. I, I, I got I, I to stay in his presence because there's, there's nowhere else that I can receive this type of peace. There's nowhere else that I can receive this type of love. There's, there's nowhere else that I can receive this type of correction to where I'm not being beaten over the head. But in fact, I'm being turned in the right direction. He, Jesus just gets me. Somebody say he gets me. Jesus talks about being our home. I want to talk, about, talk to you about this this morning. But, but in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25, as you're turning there, we, we, we said this before, and if not, we'll put it on the screen. Well, we talked about it last week, and we've talked about it several weeks, but in John 15, Jesus says that, he says that his father is the farmer. His father is the vine dresser. He is the vine, and we are the branches. Now, family, if that's true, that means that you and I are meant to live our life through. Somebody say through. We're meant to live our life through him. Amen. Now, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25. He says, verse 23, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. Somebody say follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Verse 25, and what you do, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? One of my favorite uh, Christian artists, long back in the day when he used to be part of a group, and then when he, did, when he went on his solo career, and he's one of the top ones now. But I remember he took the scripture and made a song out of it and said, I don't want to gain the whole world. 
and lose my soul in the process. But the key verse this morning is verse 24. If you, Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Here's how we try to hang on to our lives. Are you ready? Number one, we indulge our pleasures and appetites by basking in comfort, luxury, and ease. We indulge our pleasures and appetites by basking in comfort, luxury, and ease. Lindsay, what are you saying? We, 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 we lose ourselves. We try to save ourselves when we, when we put comfort as the first priority. That's what I probably should have wrote. You, 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 you try to hang on to your life when you make comfort the first priority. You know, when you, when you get in somebody's vehicle to drive, what's the first thing you do? You adjust that seat because you got to be comfortable. Me, I, I never adjust the mirrors. I never adjust the person's mirrors. I will, I will stretch and do whatever I got to do unless they're, super, unless they're extremely shorter than me or extremely taller. Otherwise, because I know the pain of readjusting mirrors when you get back in somebody's vehicle. But the seat, now the seat I do. I'm like, you know, the mirrors, okay, I'll let you have your mirrors. But the seat, this is where I draw the line. You know, we got to... Kelsey makes fun of me. She always says when she gets in behind me, it's like, drive, it's like driving uh, behind, or it's like getting in the vehicle after an astronaut drove in because I like to sit straight up and all the way back. Straight up and all the way back. Why? Because that's comfortable to me. But we, we, we end up losing our lives when we place, number one, comfort as first priority. Number two, we, we, we try to hang on to our life and we lose it when we live for the present when we live only for the present, when we're only focused on today and not, and not thinking about, okay, ha, hey, hey, what happens today affects tomorrow. I, I, can, I, can, I, can, plan out to, I can plan out tomorrow by, plan, by, by doing it today. Tomorrow is, a, I've heard authors and many, many speakers say, but tomorrow is a byproduct of the work that you do today. Next year is a byproduct of the work the seeds that you sow today. Listen, you can drive all over this great country. You're never going to find a farmer that says as soon as he plants a seed, the product comes up or the, the crop comes up instantly. In fact, when the farmer, when he or she plants a seed, they are thinking months in advance. Hey, we want to see, we want to see this type of harvest. So we're going to plant three, four, five, sometimes six months out. We do ourselves a disservice when we only live for the present. Amen. Number three, here's another way that we lose ourselves. Watch this. We trade our finest talents to the world in exchange for mock security. We trade our finest talents to the world in exchange for false security. False security. Fool's gold. But see, when we do those things, we miss the true purpose of life and the, and the profound spiritual pleasure that should go with it. See, you should be walking in the spirit as you live this life. It's one of the, one of the most powerful books I've ever, ever read, The Walk of the Spirit by Dave Robertson. You should be walking in the spirit the same way that you eat your food, the same way that you drive your vehicle, the same way that you fold clothes, you should be praying in the Spirit. 
You should be you should be conversating with God. You should be communing with God. You should be thinking about the goodness of God, not out of obligation, but out of just being purely organic. Literally yesterday, I was cooking breakfast yesterday morning for the boys, and I just Adam, I'm thinking about the goodness of God. I was like, I was like, Hey Lord, what's on your mind? I I I didn't plan it. It just came out. I'm like, Hey Lord, what's on your mind? As I'm adding more butter, as I got one kid screaming for a banana because he can't wait for the pancake. He wants a banana now. And I'm like, hey, Lord, what's on your mind? I'm like, hey, Lord, what, what do you see in my heart? As I'm just, and I go about, finish, you know, my stuff and, and eating and time goes by and I, I begin to ask the Lord again, hey, Lord, what's heaven like? Hey, Lord, just, just, just the most random stuff, but I was, a part of me was connected with him, a part of me was thinking about the Lord, a part of me was including him into my Saturday. At one point, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, Lord, I know today's supposed to be my chill day. I said, Lord, I got all these different things I want to do, and I said, Lord, I don't feel like doing them. I'm just laying my heart before him. That's what your life should be like. You're laying your heart before the Lord. Whether, whether it's, whether it's the, 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 the glitz and glamour or whether it's the, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Lord, I see you. I see this in your word, but I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Or, Lord, I, 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 my head hurts. I don't feel like reading your word, but I, I need you to strengthen me so I can press in and read. Amen. But in the same verse, Jesus also said, if you give up your life for him, then you will save it. So Jesus said, if we, if we try to hold on to our life, it's, the, it's the, one of the biggest oxymorons he's ever said. If you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for him, then you'll find it. Giving up your life for Jesus looks like this. Number one, denying your own selfish ambitions. Talking to myself. I'm not, I'm not shooting shots at anybody other than myself. Don't worry, I got a Nerf gun this morning, but it feels a little harder. How we give up our life for Jesus is we deny our own selfish ambitions. Lindsay, how do I do that? We ask ourselves the question, does this benefit me more than it benefits somebody else? Does this benefit me more than it benefits somebody else? Or does this benefit me and hurt somebody else? Does this put me ahead and put somebody else underneath? Does this put me over the bus and throw somebody else underneath the bus? If that's the question, then we need to flee from that. You got to flee from that. Jesus said it best. The first in heaven is the ones that are the last on the earth. Why? Because the earth says that you got to put yourself above everybody else. When Jesus says, no, I want you to put everybody else above yourself. Oh, can I give you all a little story? We were in Walmart last night. And Kelsey didn't even know this. You know, she, you know we had two buggies because we had to get a bunch of stuff. And listen, the boys are being the boys. And uh, I, 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 to protect the guilty, I won't reveal which boy said this, but he's like, Daddy, how come, how come you get to buy whatever you want? And it had to have been the Holy Spirit, because a few years ago, I would have been like, boy, let me tell you something. We're going to the bathroom right now. You ain't going to talk to me, but I was like, took a deep breath. I said, I said, okay. I said, young man, I want you to look at, look at, look at this buggy. I said, what's this? This is your little flavored insert for your water because you're too special to drink normal water. 
your daddy had to drink tap water, but no, you get flavored water. I said, who's this for? He said, me. I said, okay. I said, uh, I said uh, some of these other things, I point to this. Who's, who's, who's that toboggan and gloves for? Me and brothers. I said, oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. I said, hey, mommy's getting that storage unit. Who do you think that's for? For her. I said, yeah, to store her stuff. You know, yeah. I said, okay, and we're going through the buggy and all these other. I said, oh, we're these, these types of chips and snacks. Who eats those? We well, do. I said, oh, okay. I said, uh, we're looking through. I said, you know, uh, hey, do you see anything that's, that's daddy's? No. So, okay. Hey, uh, what, what, what movie did we go see? Did we, did we go see, did we go see uh, a Ted Lasso movie? Or did we go, you know, see, and I named a bunch of stuff I like, no. I said, what did we go see? Paul Patrol. I said, oh, okay. So I concur that maybe daddy doesn't get to buy. I, I was, I was, I was, ooh, I had fun. I, said, I concur. I never use the word concur. But I said, I concur that maybe daddy and mommy don't get to buy everything that they want. But maybe we're buying more for who? Me and brothers. I said, okay. Hmm. I said, so the, the, the lie that you believe, which is as an adult, you get to buy whatever you want. Guess what? That's not the case, buddy. But then as much fun as I had, I, I, I kneeled down when, you know, uh, when Kelsey went on another, I'll kneel down and said, but hey, I said, I am your father. And none of this stuff do I regret buying. I don't regret taking you to the Paul Patrol movie. I said, I had so much fun. You know why I had so much fun? He said, because it was a funny movie. I said, you know, you don't want my honest answer on that. I said, but I had so much fun because I looked over and I saw all three of my boys in a safe environment, smiling and having fun. And that brought me so much joy. And I, I remember I started to cry in the aisle of Walmart because the Holy Spirit hit me and said, that's what it's like with the Father. He loves to live through us and for us to live through him. And I explained to my son, that's what, that's the role of your daddy is to sacrifice and give and put you first before myself. If we're going to follow Jesus, he's placed us first before himself. We return the favor. That's one of the reasons we sang withholding nothing. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, you can't hold on to anything. You got to let it all go. As soon as, as soon as you're blessed, the question needs to be asked, okay, Lord, how can I bless somebody else with what I have? How can I bless somebody else with what I have? Giving up your life for Jesus looks like, one, denying our own selfish ambitions. Number two, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A.K.A. your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That becomes, the, the, that becomes the, the drum beat that we march to. So a lot of times when I pray, and especially when I don't know what to pray, I say, Lord, Father God, as it is in heaven, let that be in this situation right now. When we're dealing with sickness, I'll say, Lord, as it is in heaven, let that reside in my body. When we're, when we're struggling financially, Lord, as it is in heaven, let that be in my bank account. Lord, as it is in heaven, let me have that mindset. Watch this. As it is in heaven, let, me, let, let that mindset uh, overcome me as I, as I work my job. Because when I wake up in the morning, I'm not so excited. to like, oh, yeah, get to go read some meters. A lot of times I'm like, 
all right, let's wake up. We got to do this. We got to do this. Good morning, Papa. And if I'm really struggling to get it together, I'll say, Lord, as it is in heaven, give me that purpose in my heart to do this job. Give me that desire to do this job. As it is in heaven, as it is in heaven, Lord, let me seek your kingdom first. Number three, yielding ourselves unreservedly to him. Yielding ourselves unreservedly to him. And to make a long story short, that word unreservedly, you know what it means? Withholding nothing. Aha! We set you up this morning. Withholding nothing. So we give up our life for Jesus by denying our own selfish ambitions, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then withholding nothing from him. The theologian Matthew Henry said this. He said, the life of abandonment is genuine living. It has a joy, a holy carefreeness, and a deep inward satisfaction that defies your description. The life of the life of abandonment, that's what genuine living looks like. And see, Jesus knows all about the life of abandonment. See, the great thing about Jesus, he's not going to ask anything of you that he's never done first. Amen. Oh, that's a good God. He's not going to ask anything of you that he's never done first. I, I, I told the boys uh, this morning about a story because I was talking to them about not listening and we got to be obedient and listening the first time and all this other stuff. And I said, listen, there was a time where daddy did not listen always the first time as a kid. And I told them a story about me burning my hand on the iron after mama told me not to touch the iron. I said, so, and I said, so daddy's not asking you to do something that he's never done before. I said, when I say listen, I'm, I'm telling you because I struggled to listen as a kid too. The great thing about Jesus, he never asked of you something that he's never done before. And Jesus, when he says for us to, to give up our life, uh, uh, but all, to, you know, to not try to save our life, but to give it up for his sake, he's done that. See, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. He said, Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, verse 7, it said he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant. There's that phrase. He emptied himself. Somebody say empty. See, if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to empty yourself. One of my favorite worship songs, it says, rid me of my, rid me of my flesh. Rid me of myself. I belong to you. I love this because the rest of the, the pastor says, taking on the, likely, the likeness of humanity. And when Jesus, when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Somebody say obedient. obedient. To the point of death, even to death on a cross. Verse 9, for this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that a name at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus doesn't ask of us. He doesn't say, hey, 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 surrender your life for my sake and him not walk that same path no he knows what it's like to surrender himself can you imagine being in heaven and then coming upon the earth 
But the Bible says that he came upon the earth, even being equal with God, he did not consider that equality as something to boast about. But instead, he humbled himself and he became obedient as a servant, even to the point of death, death on the cross. And then three days later, he was risen with all power in his hands and sits at the right side of heaven. And guess what? God was so pleased with that that he said that by your name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, every person will get to see the right side of the father the trueness of the father why because he sacrificed himself he emptied himself this is how you know if you're following Jesus and I had this test this morning what are you emptying I'm getting ahead of the notes what 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 are you emptying yourself of today what are you daily surrendering today what are you day what what are you daily giving up what are, what are you surrendering? What are, what are you going without for the glory of God? And when you do this, you don't boast about it. You don't, you know, we, there's some Christians that love to get on Facebook and say, oh, look at me, I'm fasting, or pray for me, I'm fasting. Hashtag, hashtag Jesus life. Hashtag, ah, ah. And Jesus said that that's their reward. When you make it known to everybody in a boastful way what you're doing for the Lord, guess what? You get no eternal reward. You get, you get a earthly reward. And everything on earth has an expiration date. We know this. Everything on earth has an expiration date. So that means that your reward has an expiration date if that's all you seek. But here's how you know you're following Jesus. Have you emptied yourself today? Have you emptied a part of your flesh today? One of the apostles talks about that we should be mortifying the deeds of the flesh. I remember the first time I heard that in Bible college. It hit me so hard. I was like, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. One of the pastors, Pastor Chris said, have you mortified your flesh today? And I'm like, no. Why would I want to mortify my flesh? But Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, he says the deeds of our flesh, watch this, watch what the deeds of our flesh, the deeds of your flesh and my flesh, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, verse 20, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, ooh, stepping on toes today, including my own, hatred of those who get in your way, mm, walking down the street, senseless arguments, knocking on doors, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, oh Lord, you did it, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, watch this, being in love with your own opinions, verse 21, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Paul said that this is, these are the deeds of our flesh. There was a minister that came to the Bible college when I was there. Her name was, uh, or her name was Dr. Simone. And she, and she presented to us the halt. Halt, H-A-L-T. But she said the devil will always, your, the, the temptation of your flesh will always arise when you're in a halt state. See, halt it stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. You'll find that it's easier to give in to the deeds of your flesh when you're either hungry, a.k.a. hangry. You know, hungry and angry got married and they had a baby called hangry. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> hey, guess what? That baby lives here in Lexington if you go on a Sunday and try to wait at a restaurant. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> you better get it to go. Otherwise, hangry's going to be in the front seat. But a lot of times it's easier to give in to the deeds of our flesh when you're either hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, and especially when you're tired. Oh, I've heard that excuse long, 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 for decades now. You, I, I didn't mean to say that I was just tired. No, it was always in you just when you're tired or when you're hungry or when you're angry or when you're lonely, it's easier for your flesh to rise up. And if we're going to follow Jesus, you got to crucify that flesh. You got to nail it to a cross. And guess what? It, 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 there's, there's no finish line or the finish line is when you're with Jesus. But this is a lifelong thing. Every day, every Monday, you're going to have to crucify something. Every Tuesday, you're going to have to crucify a part of your flesh. Every Wednesday, you're going to have to, you know, everybody says, you know, hump, hump day Wednesday or, you know, way back Wednesday. No, no, crucify Wednesday. You're going to have to crucify a part of your flesh. Throwback Thursday, nope. Uh, I, you, you could come up with whatever Christianese saying you want to, but Thursday, you got to crucify a part of the flesh. Friday, good Friday, you got to crucify a piece of Saturday. And guess what? Sunday starts all over again. You have to be crucifying the sexual desires, the sexual immoralities, or the lustful thoughts, the pornography. You got to crucify chasing after things instead of God. You have to crucify. You have to nail to a cross the desire to manipulate others so you benefit. You have to nail to a cross the hatred that you have when somebody gets in your way. You have to crucify senseless arguments. You have to crucify resentment. You have to crucify uncontrolled addictions. You have to crucify you getting ahead while somebody else is thrown under the bus. You have to mortify. Somebody say mortify. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Angry quarrels. Only thinking about. I didn't write this. Paul wrote this. And Paul didn't write it. God spoke it through Paul. Through. Through. I feel like I'm talking to the boys. Through. Because I need you to get it. You, he, your, your life is meant to be him living through you through if you don't get nothing else today i need you to understand that he wants to live through you see in my home i do everything guess what what you see today it was in my house sitting in the closet i went and picked it out and now i'm here you what you see is a representation of what was already at the house god wants to be your home he wants to be the life that you live through the conversations that you have with people, he wants you to have those conversations through him. Lindsay, how do I do that? Well, when you get around people, you ask, you, you ask the Lord. Just off camera, like we want to show, like, Lord, is there anything you want me to say? Is there anything you want me to say to your son or daughter? And you call him by name. Lord, is there anything you want me to say to your daughter, Drea, while I'm in her presence? Lord, is there anything you want me to say to your daughter, Miranda, while I'm in her presence? Is there anything you want to say to your daughter, Granny, while I'm in her presence? It, it makes the time that you're with them, it makes it more heavy, doesn't it? It feels heavy. It feels like you're on an assignment. Newsflash, you are. Spoiler alert, you are. You were not placed on this earth for accident. No, you were placed on assignment. You were placed on assignment. You need to let Jesus be your home. You got to let him be your home. You got to let him be the place that you go to when you're struggling and when you're winning. See, it's easy for a, 
Yeah, I was joking with Kelsey last night about something. But it's easy for us to grab a hold of the horns of the altar when life is tough. But on payday, when you've already paid the bills and you got a little extra, a little something, something, a little chipping, a little chipping dip money, can you still wake up at five in the morning and read the scriptures? When you got a little extra guac when everything's good and you got an extra hundred dollars, can you still wake up at five in the morning and spend 15 minutes or 30 minutes with the Lord, not asking him for a thing, but just sitting there and letting him marinate in you? Can you still allow the Lord to do what he wants to do when everything is good? It's, it's easy when everything's bad. You're like, Lord, I just need you. I, I need your presence to worship you. I live withholding nothing, God. Cornerstone Jesus. Can he be the cornerstone even when everything is great? And you know, when, when, when I was singing, and that's an older song, and I loved it. I remember the first time I heard it, I cried. I heard it in Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee. I cried and wept. And, you know, last night we was talking about the song, and, you know, there's a line in there that says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame. You know, kids are like, what, you know, what does that mean? You know, see, the frame, when you're building a house, you got to have a what? A frame. A frame is part of the foundation. Without no frame, there's no house. Without no frame, there's no building. Without the frame, everything crumbles. And when the, when the artist, when he wrote that song, he was saying, listen, Jesus, you are my cornerstone. No matter, no matter the shiniest foundations that the world can produce or the world can present, no matter the shiniest things that the world can give me that seem sound, that seem strong, at the end of the day, it doesn't compare to you. Why? Because Christ alone. Cornerstone. See, in him the weak are made strong. Woo! In the Savior's love. And see, it's through, and when, we're, when we go through the storms, he still remains Lord. Lord of what? Lord of all. Lord of all. Lord of all. And see, I love this. All this came to while I'm sitting in the mechanic shop getting oil change. One screen is showing CNN, all this propaganda, all this dark stuff, and the other is showing Andy Griffith. And I felt the temptation to watch either one of them. Because I don't know about you, but you can't be in front of a TV and not watch the screen every now and then. And I even thought to myself, why am I, I, there, there's, I don't have a CNN app on my phone. There's nothing about me that watches CNN. I don't have a me TV where I'm watching Andy Griffith. So why am I struggling to not watch these two things? And it's because we live in a world where the world is going to push you to lean in one direction or the other. You got to lean to the right or you got to lean to the left. You got you to gotta lean in this extreme or you got to lean on this extreme. If you're not for this, then you're for that. If you're not for this, then you're not for that. And in a world that is trying to push you to lean, you don't lean. You know what you do? You stand. And in the words of Paul, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 16, having done all to stand, stand. We used to sing it, and it's still one of my favorite songs by John P. Key. Having done all to stand, 
you stand. Lindsay, what do I stand upon? You stand on the righteousness of God. You stand for holiness. The thing that sets apart God and the thing that sets apart you. What do I stand on? You stand on the word of God. You stand on the fact that, yes, you may not see God. Yes, you may not feel God. Yes, you may not smell God. But at the end of the day, you stand upon the fact that he, 2,000 plus years ago, went upon a cross, taking every sin that you would commit, past, present, and future, and he nailed it, buried it, and rose again. And guess what? Those remain buried while you are walking among the people that he's made. You're walking among his creation as new creations, as new creatures. Literally, I got one extreme on the left and one extreme on the right, but in the middle is my life. Symbolic of, guess what? Jesus hung a cross in the middle, in the middle, creating a new path for us to live our life through him. Amen? Jesus hung his cross in the middle and presented a different way for us to live our life. A different way. Somebody say a different way. And now we can live it through him. Why? Because he's your source. He is your source. He is your source. Amen? He is your source. He is your source. He is our source. He is our source. If you're able to stand to your feet, let's go and stand real quick and we'll pray and we'll dismiss. But when I was prepping for this week, the Lord just kept, he, I told Miranda this morning, we're going to go in the bag this morning, which means we, we're going to go into our spot. But he, he, he put withholding nothing in my heart. And I remember as I'm reading meters one day, I just withholding nothing, withholding nothing. And I was like, Lord, I ain't thought about that in a, in a while. He says, I want you to sing it this Sunday. I'm like, okay, you know, we'll sing it this Sunday. And I was trying to come up with the rest of the set list. I'm going back and forth on praise. I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I want to praise. This person's went through this. The lines on this, they, you know, they might trigger this. Or, or I don't fully agree with this. And Lord, I don't know. And as I'm, and as I'm driving down the road, I'm thinking about the song, and I get to the line, as long as I have breath, I will praise the Lord. And when I, when I said that, it's like the Holy Spirit gripped me, and I said, okay, praise, okay. And I said, Lord, I've always, I've always wanted to sing Cornerstone, but I feel like it's too wordy. And I started to sing, and I'm like, Christ alone, Cornerstone. And he said, I, Lindsay, I need them to know that I am their cornerstone. I need them to know that I am their rock. I need them to know that when they need to hide, they can hide within me. When they feel like life is overwhelming them, I need, that they, I need them to know that they can come and dwell among the shadow of my wings. But in order to do all these different things, you, got, you, you, you can't hold on to anything, Amen. You can't hold on to anything. You can't, you can't pursue God and still have stuff in your hand. You can't, you, can't per, you know, you know we, uh, the boys, they have this temptation. We, we've done our best to get rid of it, but they love to get in the van with toys. They love to bring toys from the house whenever we get ready to leave, even this morning. Hey, boys, we're getting ready to leave to go to church. Daddy, can we bring a toy in the van? You got toys in the van from the last few times that you've brought toys in the van. To play with the toys, they're in the van. They have, they have a new name, van toys. Play with those. 
And, you know, they have the temptation of if they're not paying attention, they'll put the toys in their pocket, go in the van, play with them. And when we get ready to leave, get out of the van, they'll put the toy in their pocket and go in the store. And that's a big no-no because we can't go into a store bringing toys in because then daddy and mama's going to get in trouble. You can't go to God. You can't show up. You can't say, I'm fault Jesus. I'll serve you and love you, but still hold on to some things. If you're going to say, Lord, I will follow you. Hey, hey, Lord, I, I'm choosing to follow you. This is what I got in my hand. This is what I have in my life. This is what I have in my heart. I need you to see it. I need you, like David said, I need you to investigate it and see if this is wicked or not. See if this slows me down. See if this hinders me. See if this benefits me. And if it does, Lord, awesome. But if it doesn't, Lord, dispose of it. Dispose of a God. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Listen, I don't know if you're in this place and, 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 and whether, it's, whether the struggle for you has been, Lindsay, there are still some stuff I'm holding on to that I need to let go. If that's you this morning. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.